adventures of Jungle Jim. The Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over this station, are dramatized from the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement that comes to you each week with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who enjoy the world's greatest comic and adventure pictures by the world's best artists, featured in every issue of the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. The case of J-7 is definitely closed with the death of Doc Beard, and Jim is now resting comfortably in the convalescent pavilion of the base hospital in the canal zone, out of danger and on the road to complete recovery, after the dangerous operation to remove the bullet by which Doc Beard almost ended Jim's career. Far to the south, on the broad Caribbean, the United States fleet is engaged in maneuvers, and a lone pilot taking off from one of the large airplane carriers is making a routine reconnaissance flight. With nothing but blue sky above and the calm ocean below, he is winging his way at tremendous speed when suddenly a dark shadow looms up beneath the surface of the ocean. A submarine comes to the surface. Hello, headquarters. Come in. Hello, headquarters. Flight 37 wishes to report. Urgent. Hello, headquarters. Flight 37 wishes to make immediate report. Now oh, those brass pounders must be out to lunch. Flight 37 must report at once. Come in, headquarters. Come in, 37. What is the report? Are you in danger? Uh, Pilot Jameson reporting, sir. Flight 37. No trouble with me. I've sighted a submarine. This came to the surface. Have we any subs working this area? None that I know of. I'll check in a jiffy. Are you sure it's the submarine? Uh, certainly I am. You know, there are a lot of atolls and reefs in the vicinity. What is your altitude? 8,000 feet. And I know a sub when I see one. Besides, did you ever see a reef with a conning tower and about a three-inch gun mounted on it? We'll slip down to about 1,500 feet and report again. In the meantime, I'll check for any of our submarines cruising that area. Yeah. What is your exact position? My patrol is due south from you. We've gone about 75 miles and not more than one or two points off course. Okay, wait for a report from me and pick up more details. Flight 37, come in. Flight 37, come in. Flight 37, Jameson speaking. None of our submarines are known to be operating within 100 miles of your reported position. Have you any more details? Plenty. After contacting you first time, glided down to get a better look at that sub. Its deck was just a wash, and an officer came out of the conning tower to get a shot at the sun. Heard the exhaust of my engine. They closed that tub up like a clam and did a crash dive. Were you able to identify the craft? Well, there were no identifiable marks, only the remains of a number that had obviously been painted out. They were not on the surface long enough to hoist the flag. Compliments of Commander Eaton. Return to your ship at once and make your report in person. I would like to continue cruising the area for a while. Maybe they'll have to come to the surface again soon to replenish batteries. See if you can get me permission to do so. Well, hold on. I'll find out right away. Flight 37. 
Flight 37. Standing by. Go ahead. Continue patrol as long as you consider necessary. Then report to Commander Eaton. Okay, thanks. See you soon. Signing off. Flight 37. mysterious submarine with no flag or insignia markings comes to the surface to replenish its precious air supply. But when it sights a United States plane on patrol, immediately dives before the pilot can get a long enough look to identify it. Obviously not a United States submarine, it must belong to a foreign power. Is that power friendly or a potential foe? And if so, what was the real mission of the submarine? That is the question which now bothers Commander Eaton as he listens to the report of Pilot Jameson. You couldn't get down faster to identify the man who came out of the conning tower. No, sir. When I first saw the shadow, it was directly beneath me. And as I was cruising at about 240 miles an hour, it was a few minutes before I turned and backtracked to the spot. I also had to lose plenty of altitude. I had 8,000 feet. Could you uh, distinguish the individual at the conning tower as an enlisted man or an officer? More than likely an officer, sir. Mm -hmm. He cap, and I'm sure he had a sextant in his hand from his position, sir. Was the... Uh... Was the superstructure of the sub amidships or somewhat forward? Just forward of midships, sir. About like our type uh, MV-83. And uh, the gun mount? Um, my guess would be a three-inch rifle. At least the barrel was just about the length of our three-inch gun. Cunning tower just forward of midship and three-inch gun mount. Yes, sir. That checks precisely with that new sub sea boat, which is so effectively raiding in the North Atlantic, but... Its short cruising radius precludes the possibility of its operating this far away from bases. Mr. Jameson, if this information of yours is correct... I assure you, sir, I'm that not I... doubting you, Jameson. I'm just... just thinking aloud. If your story is correct, then this submarine is either a new type we've never heard of, or... or some potential enemy power has a secret base in the Western Hemisphere, and it's in use right now. The only other possibility is a supply ship and a fleet of these small submarines holding secret maneuvers in these waters. If they were regular maneuvers, we would have had diplomatic notice of them. Why not let me go up again, sir? Can't be far away from where it was sighted. Sub that size can only make ten knots submerged. I'm sure I could spot it again, sir. They have to come up for air sometime. Mr. Jameson, you can not only go up, but I want you to command the flight. Take six PB-36s. Have an observer photographer assigned to each plane and get me the proof of what type submarine is operating in the Caribbean. Thank you, sir. Sounds like an interesting assignment. It's a very important one. I'd like to communicate this information to Washington at once, but I don't want to cry wolf until I have some more tangible evidence on which to base such a report. I'm sure I saw that sub. I'm sure of the type, sir. I can only make a guess as to how and where it's based. There's a thousand small islands from where such craft could operate secretly. But I'll bring back all the evidence you want, sir. In fact, we should have it before nightfall. That would be excellent. Well, happy landings, Jameson. Get going. You make your own preparations, and I'll have the formal order drafted at once. Goodbye, sir. Thank you again. While the Navy is tracking down a routine report of the presence of potentially hostile submarines, Jungle Jim is reveling in the pleasant, lazy atmosphere of the tropical climate of the Canal Zone. Little does he realize that the results of that submarine search may influence his actions for some time to come. 
But knowing nothing of such impending events, he and Kitty are enjoying a well-earned rest, doing just nothing. Ah, Kitty, this is the life. Well, you'll never hear a complaint from me. Swim when you want, a dance once a week. And Jim, these young flying officers, <laughs> well, they're almost too good-looking. Enjoy yourself, Kitty. You earned it. You mean you earned it for us. Yes, and you almost paid too dearly for it. Oh, there you go, harping on that subject again, Kitty. A bullet wound is no more dangerous than sticking a needle in your finger. Same thing, only deeper. Yeah, only one doesn't have one's heart and one's finger. That bullet missed yours by an inch. Well, I could say a miss is as good as a mile, but uh, let me point out the view Cola would take of that situation. Completely fatalistic. He waits until something happens, then decides it's too late to worry about its happening. He's just cold-blooded, Jim. Maybe, but he never worries, and who can say he's wrong? Well, wrong or right, you've been traipsing around doing other people's dirty work long enough. When are you going to live like an ordinary human being? Well, you mean go back to the United States, settle down in some big city, keep office hours, nine to five, hustle away for weekends, hustle back for Monday morning? Oh, no. No, Kitty. Not while I have my sanity. You're being absurd. There are lots of other sensible ways to live besides in big cities. All right. Name one. Oh. Now, look out now. Remember, I've lived this way a good many years, and I've thrived on it. But you're not too old to learn a few new tricks. All right. You tell me a few tricks that I want to learn. I've got one, and it's a dandy. Why don't you write? Write? Write what? Just tell about the things you've done, the places you've been. China, Malaya, Panama, Africa. Oh, you could write dozens and dozens of things. True stories which have really happened. Mm, it's not the worst idea in the world. No, it's not bad at all. Uh, but, Kitty, uh, who would ever believe those tales? They happened, didn't they? Sure, but I bet a quart pail of silver dollars... No editor would think of them as anything but tall tales. All right, then sell them as tall tales. It's not as dangerous an occupation as the one you have now. Oh, Kitty. Kitty, you're too commercial today. <laughs> Forget it. We're in no danger now. Oh, wait a minute. You are from that mosquito. <laughs> there, you see? It's you who needs protection, not me. Jim, you know I'm right. Oh, Kitty. You should relax more. Look, we're in Panama. It's spring, the birds are singing, flowers are in bloom, and... You're worrying about the future job I may take, and then again, I may not. You mean that, Jim? You won't take any more like the case of J-7? I just said I may not. I don't go around looking for them, you know. In fact, I've spent a lot more time running away from cases than I ever spent running after them. Well, from now on, you're going to brush up on running. <coughs> Beg pardon, sir, but Colonel Barrett would like to see you. Why, surely. Where is he? In his office, sir. He's free now, sir, and waiting. I'll be right over. Thank you, sir. See? What did I tell you, Jim? Start running away from Colonel Barrett. What's the matter with you? He's got another one of those cases. Yes, and maybe he's got a case of soda pop. All right, Jim. Go ahead. I'll wait here. I'll be back in no time, Kitty. Cheer up. I'll bring you a bottle of pop. How's the invalid? Hello, Colonel. Why, the invalid could lick his weight in wildcats if they're not too big. <laughs> well, you're looking better every day. Why shouldn't I, Colonel? Nothing to do but rest and eat and think about nothing. <laughs> the correct formula for looking better every day. Jim, um, what do you know about submarines? They're boats. <laughs> Certainly are <laughs> frisky today. Well, Kitty and I were rescued from an island reef in the Middle Pacific by one, and after spending 36 hours on it, or rather in it, even though it was a rescue ship, I hope I never see one again. Why, you live like a sardine. 
Jim, I've just had an important call from Washington. Yes? It seems that a number of unknown submarines have been spotted in various parts of the Caribbean. Well, can't the Navy find out who they belong to? Yeah. Yeah, they've identified the type almost beyond question, and that is what creates the mystery. What mystery? The presence of this particular type of submarine. Not very large and consequently has a limited cruising range. Well, uh, maybe they belong to a South American country. No, Jim. No, that's the rub. They belong definitely to um, a potentially hostile foreign power. And the only way that they could cruise in these waters would be from a secret base near the South American coast. Well, uh, what has all this got to do with me? Just this, Jim. Washington wants you to go down and investigate that base. The job of finding the submarine base finally is offered to Jim. What will his answer be? What will Kitty St. John say to this new proposal? Don't miss the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Jungle Jim. Remember, you can follow these adventures in the full-color action pictures to be found in the Comic Weekly, the world's greatest comic supplement containing the best full-color adventure and comic pictures. Remember, no other comic supplement can give you the top names of cartoon land, like the all-star favorites to be found in the Comic Weekly. The whole family follows the fun and frolics of Jiggs and Maggie and the Little King and the immortal Donald Duck, as well as the exciting adventures of Jungle Jim and Flash Gordon. Join the 11 million adults and the 6 million youngsters who every week find the greatest of home entertainment in the Comic Weekly, which comes to you with your Hearst Sunday newspaper. More thrilling adventures of Jungle Jim will be heard at this time next week over this station. Be sure to tune in. <laughs> 